Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the third edition of the Shifting Tech podcast. Uh, we've got Izzet, we've got Zainab Taj, and myself. Unfortunately, Tariq can't be with us. He is uh, performing Umrah or he's out in Saudi currently. Uh, Izzet, let's start with you. What's been going in, on in your world, in your cycling world? In, in my world, okay. Um, so, um, how, where do I start? So, let's just say You're I started racing, a new cycling. Uh, last time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was out racing um, uh, the first few weeks of January. Um, Criterion Racing, that's pretty much what, I'm, that's what I do uh, mainly. And then we set up a new team, um, local uh, domestic uh, racing team. Um, the whole idea is basically to just like, a, uh, how do I say? Because obviously like you guys in the UK or back then when I was in Australia, the, the cycling team is a little bit mature. Um uh, so the whole idea, you know, you're coming back, you've, you've been in this environment um, overseas and then you come back, you've seen the local scene. So the whole idea is trying to, I guess, trying to raise the bar a little bit in terms of domestic uh, racing scene. Um, uh, that's that. And then Who's other than that, that what was that? Sorry. Who's organizing that? Is, is that you're, you're pushing that forward or is it uh, another? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're pushing that forward, you know. Um pushing that forward, trying to raise the bar a little bit in terms of like domestic racing, domestic racing teams and racing scene, you know, just, just yeah. Um, yeah, that's that. And then other than that, um, pretty much working on some expensive bikes as always. <laughs> what, what, what's, what, what's coming through the workshop that has been pretty cool. You're like, yeah. Uh, new Karima wheels. Um, just got in, um, yeah. Uh, a little bit, oh, the usual, a little bit lighter, faster, <laughs> and then yeah. um, uh, the, the usual, the usual stuff on the new wheels. Uh, but this with the the Karima wheels hasn't been tubeless uh for a while, so these new ones are are tubeless compatible. Um, and then um, uh, what's the new one? Oh, the the newer one hundred five DA two, new one hundred five DA two. Been working on that a little bit um it's been coming on um a few well, we're we're a colnago dealer um so yeah i've been coming on the new con uh the colnago v3 um the the price is pretty pretty cheap i'm not sure what's the 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 price in in pound but it's about thirteen thousand uh uh malaysian ringgit it's probably around uh oh, let's say uh I can't do the conversion right now, but yeah, if you guys are listening, so you could probably get the currency converter out of something. It's about, yeah, 14, 13, 14,000 Malaysian ringgit, MYR. It's pretty cheap. Like it's like 10 grand ringgit less than a specialized SL7 comp with a rival EXS. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so that's that. Um, uh, other than that, I think that's about that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's about it for me. Taj, uh, not seen you on the local scene. Where you been? Oh, I've been trying to get back into fitness. Actually, I've uh, been busy with work and stuff. So, have, yeah, I've been just slowly trying to do a bit more workouts, trying to do a bit more group rides. Yeah, trying to get back into it, uh, building my fitness back. Um, yeah, so I've been, I've been, I've been riding virtually more. Actually, I've been on Zwift a bit more. Um, even yesterday, actually, I was trying to do um, a bit of uh, virtual weatheristing um, on uh, full gas. I don't know if anyone's uh, actually used that before. Um, yeah, yeah, I've seen that before. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's basically it's like, like what? It's like you pick a route or something, and then there's like a yeah, virtual, so, so, not a so virtual, the, like a camera of it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's supposed to be like a a rider's view of of the route. So there are quite a few routes they have actually on there. So all the climbs they have. So someone's basically recorded, um, you know, um, the the route going up, for example, on on some of the most famous climbs. And there's quite a few routes actually. And um, and basically, they kind of overlay, um, you know, the 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 power data, the, the you know, your all, all, all your all your cadences, heart rate, etc., that you will need to actually monitor as you climb. Uh, and basically, it kind of follows you as you ride and pedal. Um, so if you were to slow down, for example, it also slow down virtually. And then, you know, as you speed up, it also speeds up the video. So it's almost like a a real life kind of experience uh, of actually climbing. Um, now I wouldn't say it's like a polished product. Um, so I was on I was on the I was on the Discord for this, uh, and it seemed like quite a lot of people were having like lots of crashes and uh, weren't able to finish their rides and all those kind of things going on. So, um, do you mean uh, virtual crashes, uh, as in your computer? Oh no! Can you imagine that if they actually crashed in the video as well? Yeah. Uh, no, the actual the actual apps and stuff they were quite quite they're quite buggy. Um, but it'd be nice if they actually did simulate some crashes in the videos as well. Then the, it would make it a bit more realistic. Um, but yeah, they're, 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 it's not it's not a fully p- uh, polished product. So yeah, a lot of people weren't able to complete uh, the virtual everesting as they wanted. Uh, but at least for me, I managed to complete um, uh, two routes. Um, so the idea is, um, you know, obviously everesting is eight thousand eight hundred forty-eight meters of climbing. Um, and what they've done is they basically split it, each, uh, you know, about a thousand meters uh, of climbing to each of the routes. And basically, you have to so you have to go in order uh, and do eight routes that, uh, uh, you know, over the total will accumulate uh, eight thousand eight hundred and forty-eight meters. Um, so I've managed to complete two, which is about a quarter of resting, which is enough for the badge. Uh, so that's that's good enough for me. But it was a tiring experience. Um, but it does. <laughs> how long? How long do you have to sit on the trainer? Uh, you, you, well, the thing is, you're not going to be climbing at your regular pace. You're going to be climbing at your endurance pace, right? Um, so that's what right, I'm right. practicing. So, um, so for example, like Alp de, Alp de Zwift, uh, I would normally do it in, you know, if I was actually pacing it well, uh, I'll be doing it closer to 55 minutes or just under. Uh, so yesterday, that was my second ride I did. I think I did it, I paced it at, uh, at my endurance pace. And now, obviously, this is after already doing 1,200 meters of climbing um so yeah. this, so i've probably did it around one hour 30 something minutes maybe yeah so it's probably like okay. 50 percent slower uh than than you'd normally do um but the, um, like i mentioned there are a few bugs so obviously as the gradient changes your trainer is not um as responsive to to the video for example so if, if one place five percent oh, right. it didn't feel like five percent it still felt like 14 percent or something or, or if it was 14 percent places <laughs> you'd be do roll you, your trainer would be rolling down a hill and you're like uh, like minus two <laughs> So, yeah, so the gradient like, yeah. changes are a bit uh, <laughs> iffy. Uh, so it's something that they should, yeah, I mean, I'm sure the, the developers will take them on board to kind of improve it. Um, but it's a good a good bit of change for me to do, you know, try try out some other, um, you know, training software uh, and kind of see how they're kind of progressing. So um, to conclude, it seems like, you know, making indoor training software is not easy at all, right? It, it will definitely take a lot of investment and it will definitely take um, a lot of patience from from users that are already paying for this kind of service. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, that, that's my kind of short end of um, getting back into fitness. But, yeah. Absolutely. Good on you. Good on you. Zainab, um, back from your skiing trip and, of course, back with a bang with a fairly <laughs> tough Friday, almost a century yesterday, I think. Yeah, almost a century. Um, so I've yeah, I've been off the bike for about a week, um, skiing, which 
uses the same muscles but doesn't have the same cardio so I felt it yesterday um there's we've got a a challenge in February for cycle sisters it's called smiles and miles and it's basically riding as many miles as you can so uh, I owed a big ride to a number of sisters so we decided to do one yesterday I, I managed 94 and I think I got back to my mum's quite late it was after Margaret we stopped to pray and I just couldn't I couldn't do it and six miles I thought to myself I just can't I can't go around the block oh so um we we came home after that but it was it was a good ride to get in after a week off the bike good on you and uh it's interesting that you went skiing because it's quite a, a popular sport among amongst the professional uh riders especially yeah in so especially American riders I, I hear they go skiing quite a bit but yeah that's yeah interesting. It's sure. it's quite big. It's um it's I, I was surprised by that because it can be quite dangerous in, in the sense that you can you can easily like break your leg if you get it wrong, but yeah. you you use the same muscles so that your leg muscles are exactly the same. You're doing the same type of movement, and it's probably nicer coming down the gradients that you ride up. So if you go to like the French Alps, and you're riding the Tour de France, you're going up all the all the climbs and skiing. You're just coming down the other way it's it's a lot scarier and on two planks of wood than it is on your bike <laughs> i imagine what, what's the speeds like then so i'm 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 really slow like properly I, you feel like you're going fast i think the fastest i did was like 21 miles an hour which is nothing um my husband on the other hand uh he's he's very good at skiing and he was pelting it down around about 45 50 miles an hour okay you okay. know and i was just like this is crazy absolute crazy and uh just just one more question on skiing obviously yeah. a skiing podcast but you're going uh straight down right so on a winding road down a mountain you're obviously going hairpin etc so these uh descents they're probably over in a minute or two then if he's going well, as well straight down right so if you if you're going straight down that's yeah. that's really dangerous so you do have to mimic the essentially the hairpin so when you're skiing yeah. you're, you're doing multiple turns and that's what controls your speed um yeah. so going straight down it that's like the uh the free jumpers if you see in the olympics you know the guys that start at the top of the hill and they just like pelt yeah. down and like elevate we're not doing that you don't do that on purpose otherwise you know you'll wipe out the people on the slopes um but you exactly like you said like cycling the hairpin slow you down as you go around the corners you're doing that on the skis you just have to learn how to turn and it's it's quite it's a bit difficult but once you've mastered it I think you should all give it a go there's a there's an indoor ski slope if you, if you live around London down just outside um Hemmer Hempstead which is near St Albans it's oh, yeah. a good laugh it's a great laugh gotcha and uh you can get lessons there is it or you can get lessons yeah yeah and then you'll be addicted and that'll be your winter sport no more uh, battling it out on the turbo or, you know. Um, more money to throw at <laughs> You know you can get ski bikes as well. I've seen them. Oh, really? don't. Don't tell me that. Yeah, they're like, they're, like, they're like the skis, but you have, instead of the wheel at the front, you have a ski that turns as you go I'm down. I'm Googling it now, Taj. I'm Googling it now. You, you spent money before I've got any. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have an s work ski bike. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> indeed it's right uh so over to the podcast we are diving deep into tires uh, this week but just uh some news roundup very quickly um is it well we'll start with you actually you've uh now had let's uh, do it yeah we've had a deep you've had a you've had a chance to uh use the new dit dit2 group set you've had a lot to say about it uh why don't you share it on the platform here 
Okay, for sure. Um, so um, I've got the opportunity. So basically, I got lucky. Someone wants to buy my 11-speed group set. So I'm like, okay, I'll sell it to you, and I'll buy the new 12-speed. Yeah, it's a win-win situation. Okay. So <laughs> um, well, I got the Altegra. What was that? What were you on previously? 11-speed what? Yeah, Altegra. Altegra 11-speed okay. DI2. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so yeah. Yeah, I just added one extra cog on my on my bike. Um. Um, yeah, surprisingly. So the, the new, basically, the, the main thing um, uh, is is backwards compatibility. So technically, if whatever bike you've got, you don't need to change anything, really. It uses the same freehop body, whatever frame you've got, you can just put it in. Um, no need special, um, I don't know, special, uh, what do you call, frame uh, uh, parts or whatever. It's pretty much whatever you've got previously. Um, if you're already on an electronic group set, you can just basically put them on. Um, there's no um, special stuff. I know what people worrying about is like, oh, is it is going to be a new free hub body altogether? You know, like the 12 speed mountain bike. Uh, they had that micro spline thing, uh, but that didn't happen. Um, uh, so yeah, it's just basically a straight swap uh, when I um, swap my group set. Um, but I think what I, uh, th I think three things that I find, um, that has improved, like you, you notice that it has improved, uh, specifically on the new 12 speed, uh, DI2 group set, uh, because the 11 speed DI2, uh, sorry, the 12 speed rim brake DI2s, um, they didn't have too much in terms of the ergonomics of the lever. So basically the 11 speed rim brake DI2 levers. So they had some uh, updated graphics and those uh, rubber hoods. Um, yeah. um, other than that, the shape is the same. Okay, uh, the benefit from the ergonomic side of the of the brake uh, shift lever is is mainly on the hydraulic side. So so three things uh, on the new hydraulic uh, twelve speed group set is the 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 shifter, the ergonomics of the shifter. Um, number two is the 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 shifting uh, performance. And then number three is the braking performance. Okay. Um, so the thing about the the shifting, so sorry, what was the first one? The ergonomics. So let's start with the ergonomics. So basically, I've um coming off from 11 speed uh, DI2 uh disc brakes, hydraulic ones. Um the shifter was nice, like as in small, but it's a little bit too short, right? To to put like uh, you know, how you you prefer like three fingers underneath the 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 lever body. Um, yep. you can't really do that in the eleven speed DI two um hydro. You can only put two fingers, and then it's a little bit too short. Um, but I find that the the twelve speed is a, is a little bit longer, which is nicer to hold. You can put um uh, three fingers underneath the bracket cover, and then the other two fingers on the I guess the 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 lever heads, I suppose. Um, and then it has a little bit of canned to it towards the end of the uh the 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 lever body so um it's a little bit like campy i suppose um had he had the ergo power control a little bit can on the top which makes the the your index finger and your middle finger kind of sits a little bit nicely um over there um uh, so that's the ergonomics and then for those of you that really likes you know like go full arrow on the hoods type thing because it's sort of canting a little bit so you can sort of really um how do i say rest your hands on the uh rest your forearms while holding the shift levers on the handlebars a little bit nicer yeah 
So I was like, wow. Yeah. So if you're going to go aero, so yeah, tall speed, yeah, too, mate. Yeah. So, so in terms of the, the, the shape of the, the, the levers, it's really like if you're into that sort of stuff. So, you know, how you see like Remco does it, uh, yeah. Victor Campanat does it for, for aero purpose. Um, a lot of the riders in the Pelotons are doing it. So I, I find that has been really helpful. Um, uh, so that's in terms of the the ergonomics of the the levers. Um, number two is the shifting performance. That's the, the uh, if you're familiar, Shimano had this hyperglide technology. Um, basically, the hyperglide technology allows you to shift downshift, meaning shift to easier gears under load. So you'd be punching up out the saddle on a climb. You can shift to easier gears. I mean, not ideal, but if you had to, um, it's yeah. it's not a problem. It's not going to be clunky. It's not going to be like um yeah it's not going to be clunky it's going to be smooth um but whereas now they have this hyperglide plus uh which is it's you can technically again not ideal not that i advocate people should do it but um you don't have that clunkiness either way so you're going up a hill you're struggling you're shifting up a gears there's none of that clunkiness you'd be yeah. grinding your gears and shifting it to a heavier gears so none of that clunkiness as well like it's 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 very very smooth um both ways you know which um yeah which which caught me by surprise when i was like uh um test test riding a customer's bike um oh you know let's just go off this corner and see how it goes afterwards right you know it's trying to imitate like a like a criterium racing right you you come in and hot through a corner and then you know trying to find the right gear and stuff. Um, yeah, I was like, oof. I'm like, yep, I got to get the tall suite, right? <laughs> so yeah, that was a shifting performance. And then last but not least is the braking performance. Um, uh, braking performance, um, they've had this thing, this called server wave technology, um, which is they've uh, basically pushed a lot more fluid from the brake lever um, uh, towards the, the brake caliper. So that in that, uh, uh, due to that, uh, you can have the pack clearance a little bit more. They claim 10%, yeah. um, which is, you know, probably a mil or two, <laughs> a mil or two. Um, um, because uh, Shimano ones are, are quite, you know, quite tight, the tolerance, unlike, unlike SRAM. SRAM has a little bit more, more pad clearance, um, I find, uh, whether the 11 speed stuff or the 12, uh, 12 speed, uh, axis. Um, yeah, uh, that's it's a plus, like, uh, the normal the normal descents that I like sharp descents where I break and then you have that, you know, a uh, few seconds off brake rubs. Um, I haven't noticed that just yet um, on my normal rides. Um, none, none of that, you know, um, brake, uh, disc brake, rotor, whoop, uh, whopping after that long heartbreaking. Okay. Um, so that's three updates. Um, uh, I think on my Instagram, I haven't actually updated about the battery life. Um, okay. Yeah, so if you are running uh, semi-wireless, which is, you know, um, only wired from battery to the derailleurs, yeah, the battery actually runs out a lot quick compared okay. to the 11-speed DI2 stuff. So don't go assuming that it's going to last you for a month or two or three months like you did with the 11-speed DI2 because the battery, um, for me, like I had to charge it kind of like uh, on a weekly basis um, unless you run it full wired. If you run it full wired, then the battery life is kind of like the 11 speed stuff, probably a little bit longer as well. Okay. That's a bit, um, so, that's not, that kind of defeats the purpose of going wireless then, doesn't it? So. That's right. Yeah. 
That's right. I'm like, oh, so you got to run it full wide because I got a, a, one of my colleagues has run it full wide because he wants to run. Uh, so he, he's using a 11 speed um, DI2 satellite shifters. So which he needs to run like a, this converter. So as a result, he needs to run full wired in order to yeah. do that. Yeah. So if he, he, he noticed like the, the battery actually lasts a lot, lot longer than running it semi wireless. Okay. Interesting. So interesting. Yeah. I guess it's probably why like the, 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 the guys at world tour are still running it full wired. Oh, is it? I didn't, I didn't notice. Yeah. That. Yeah. 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 So, um, I, I was listening to an interview, um, with, uh, uh, Nick Ligon, uh, Shimano road product manager, uh, with the, in the marginal gains podcast, they said that, yeah, the, the Walter riders, um, Walter teams that are running their 12 speed, um, DI2 are, are running it full wired. Um, I don't know why, probably because of the battery life or something, but yeah, they're running it full wired. I, I guess for them, they just need reliability, right? They don't want any bit of that's right failing, mm. right? Um, and yeah. for them, it's not like the riders maintain the bikes themselves anyway, right? So all the wiring and hassle that you have with it is is down to the mechanics, and they get that's what they get paid to sort out anyway, right? That is right. Yeah, so, and then also there's that, that what do you call like a backup system because if for whatever reason the bat the the wire died. It will straight away go to wireless, to semi wireless. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just in case the connection is lost or the wire got cut for, for whatever reason, um, or doesn't connect properly, it'll just go straight to wireless. Yeah. Is it you know with the with with the wireless? Is that a week's um, a week's charge based on using the bike every single day? Uh yeah, pretty much. Yeah, a week or a two two weeks. Uh, depends if you're you're shifting a lot. Of, I guess the front derailleur is what's uh, uh draining the battery a lot more. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. Depends on your how much you're shifting your terrain that you're you're riding that, is. That's, which, that's yeah. quite a, a difference because I run um twelve speed SRAM. Um. So my my charge, is it good? They go for like a, a couple of months. Yeah, that's yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. A long a long period. Um, I um, I I prefer SRAM, and I know there's a, there's a divide between Shimano and SRAM. And the main reason around the wireless is that you can all you've always got the batteries. You can pop them out if you need to. You can shift from the front to the back derailleur. But yep. the charge on the on my SRAM, I've a, a week to two week is that's just that's crazy. You're constantly going to have to be too thinking. short, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Yeah, if you're running it semi wireless, um, as a, as in like how everyone wants to run it or how every top mechanic wants to assemble it. Yeah. So you, you better remind your customers that, you know, it's, it's not as long as you thought it was or as it was advertised on the, on the release. Um, yeah. Everyone's saying the same thing. Like customers coming in a oh, lot, the, the battery life is not as long as it was. Um, yeah, it's not unless you run it full wired. They don't really, yeah, I don't, I haven't really seen any reviews kind of mentioning the, the shorter battery life to be honest, but yeah, that's a, that's a good to know actually. Because I was thinking yeah. of you know, whether or not on the next bike, uh, whether to go with uh, Sh uh, Shram or Shimano, but this seems like a, a bit of a deal breaker for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I think that there's obviously this pro and cons. Uh, um, also, yes, if you are running an Altegra tour speed chain. So for those of you listening out there, um, these, these, there's a there's a common issue. Okay. So with the Altegra uh, tour speed, probably it's not so common over there in the UK where, but here in the humid, um, Malaysian, uh, countries or the, all the Southeast Asian countries that are humid where you sweat a lot more, um, that the parts actually corrodes, um, a lot quicker than the 11 speed stuff. So we've seen like, um, 
like brake calipers that are you know corroded become you know like the the coating that bluish coating on the the uh, brake calipers of the Ultegra starts peeling off um for from bikes that are um, I guess poorly maintained or not being washed often enough um so if Um, but it's not as quick um, on the 11-speed stuff. But the 12-speed stuff, you know, the brake caliper, the coating starts peeling off. Um, uh, what do you call um, uh, some of the parts in the in the front derailleurs already uh, start rusting. And then the main thing as well is the the chain, the the outer plate. Um, they started, um, they really corrodes uh, a lot quicker, um, especially if you are poorly maintain your bike in a sense that you're using. Uh, poor quality lubricant, but even if you're using like waxing and stuff like dry stuff, right? Like dry solid lubricant, the outer coating is going to start corroding. So there's that, you know, like black rusty kind of look on the outer plate. Um, I've, I've sent an email to Zero Friction Cycling, which he then forwarded to uh, Josh uh, from Silka. Um, uh, yeah, they said like it, it's aesthetically unpleasing. Um, it doesn't affect the, the, I guess the performance of the chain or the, the, whether the chain is worn out or or not, but it's quite common to see the Altegra 12-speed chain is um the the outer plates is is corroding. So yeah. So yeah, interesting. I'm, I'm uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot more things I'm seeing negative about the 12-speed now, to be honest, because uh if you think about it, the 11-speed that I've been <laughs> using for the old, old mechanical, you know, hydraulic system, um, yeah, has been has been very reliable and I've been using it for three years. And I think if you think about it, this this new group that hasn't been out for very long and you're already seeing, you know, a corrosion issues and all these kind of dropping chains regularly as well. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. So so like um they've uh, like with the chain stuff, like uh Silka have um forwarded um this problem to Shimano. Um there, but they haven't got an answer just yet in terms of what is actually causing the the corrosion, what type of of I don't know, uh, finishing a coating that is causing such a uh, corrosion on the outer plate. You know, um, I've been like, if customer that comes in uh, and wants to do waxing on the twelve speed drivetrain, I would just like, hey, um, this is common on twelve speed stuff. So if you want to keep, um, make sure you want to do waxing, it probably best to go and get a Dura-Ace chain or something. Um, yeah, um, that's a bit of an update, I guess, on the. Uh, twelve speed. Um, Shimano group said, yeah. Other than that, you know, shifting's great. Um, ergonomics of the levers great. Braking's great. I I enjoyed the group set. Um, uh, but then yeah, it's just a little bit go more. Back, would you? I wouldn't go back to be honest. Yeah, it's just the shifting performance. It's just like it's really an upgrade. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, in a lot of ways, it's really an upgrade. Unlike you know how it moved from the old eleven speed to the new eleven speed, or how. Uh, access 11 speed go to access 12 speed um you really feel i guess that the, the performance in terms in terms of the shifting side of things um braking side of things um and then yeah it's just it's just that you know just i guess poor finishing is the right word for it yeah um how, yeah how much you say um it was 13,000 ringgit did you say for 105 di2 a complete bike, yeah, thirteen thousand ringgit. A complete bike, thirteen fourteen thousand ringgit on a Colnago uh, V three. Oh, okay. did you, did, are you checking the price or something? I was trying to town? check the price. It comes to about, about yeah. two thousand four hundred, but I don't think that's with the bike, is it? Can't be surely. It's a complete bike. It's yeah. a complete bike. Is it Colnago? Wow. Yeah, Colna Colnago V three. I know, right? I was like, what? <laughs> 
that's a good bargain business importing uh bikes yeah let's import these bikes because i think 105 groups at di2 one i think that that's at least a grand isn't it over a grand at least yeah about 1200 yeah 1200 i think uh, speaking of 105 di2 i don't think it's a good it's good to buy the group set as itself right i I don't right. think it's it's worth it uh uh but if it's coming because the holiday is it's, it's, it, they're trying to sell it a little bit like rival access i guess like they're trying to uh, equip these lower end bikes with electronic mm-hmm. shifting and then there you go like two thousand two and a half pound for a complete bike with electronic shifting and it came it, it's like half i guess the, the front end the cockpit side is a little bit like the lay sprint or the soloist where the cables go through the headset um, area so it's it's some sort of integration as well. Pretty neat looking bike. Uh, Fulcrum, um, probably OEM, uh, aluminum, aluminum wheel sets. Uh, Pirelli tires, data, handlebar and stem. So I guess, yeah, it's pretty good. Pro logo saddle. Not bad. Does, does the 105 have mm. a wireless shifters as well as the higher end? Yeah, semi-wireless. Yeah, semi-wireless. Um, the only thing they're absent is there's none of that shifters on the top of the none of that none of the buttons on the top of the uh, yeah, uh, yeah. shifters, um, and then uh, you can't run it full wired, so um, there's no port for satellite shifters, um, and I think it comes with a thirty six cog I believe, um, in the cassette, um, I think, and then the 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 chainrings comes in um the compact and mid compact uh it doesn't have the fast shifting of the front derailleur of 12 speed it has the all 11 speed um front derailleur um uh i believe they still have the hyperglide plus as well in the in the cassette and the the chain rings uh yeah um i think that's it yeah, that's, that's pretty good for but, entry level, yeah. entry level electronic groups, I guess. Um, but I'm sure mm. there'll be more deals coming around once the yeah bike industry kind of calms down a bit. And, uh, that, yeah, I think we're gonna be, we're gonna talk about that as well. Yeah, right? it segues into our next uh, news topic, really, which is uh, both Canyon and Specialized for the first time since I've been cycling, perhaps in well over ten years. They've actually uh, announced. Um, cut price deals on their bikes newer bikes so instead of raising prices which is usually five maybe ten percent i've seen it even higher during brexit years uh they've announced um a slash in prices which is a first for both companies um it's probably a trend in the market as well i'm seeing uh for the first time in three four years since the pandemic uh prices are coming down there's relative huge discounts on bikes and now newer bikes coming out are slashed for the first time uh is it you probably have a bigger insight into this is this the same out in malaysia or is it just uh something in europe uh in malaysia yeah we're a specialized dealer yeah price is dropping um for sure uh we're seeing it price is dropping but i don't know probably trying to clear off stocks or something i don't know um or probably less demand. Um, yeah, I think that's really Yeah, less demand. Um, also, they're trying to recover some money. That's why they probably, why they fired 8% of their staff as well. <laughs> so, yeah, because yeah, one of my friends, he was a, one of my, uh, a good friend of mine in, in KL, he works for the Specialized um, headquarters. He's a marketing guy, so he got laid off as well. Um so I was mentioning, yeah, they're trying to push the sales and everything. And then obviously uh, some bikes are just not 
going and then so and he was sort of sensing that um uh, someone's going to get laid off uh, or uh, some percentage of the company is going to get laid off because the company is not doing so well in terms of bike sales across the board of the range whether it's mountain bike road um uh, lifestyle or whatever um but yeah that's i guess that's probably it just trying to recover some some money from whatever stock or bikes that have they have produced i suppose They've cut back on um, brand ambassadors and stuff as well, haven't they? I think I heard. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. Uh... So like individual, individual um, athletes, um, they just, yeah, not anymore. But obviously uh, big teams, big names, like, you know, probably like Legion of Los Angeles um, are still there. Their pro, pro world tour pro teams are still there, men and women. Yeah, I think but, yeah, it's just uh, many years of... Uh overcharging all of us really and uh they've come to their senses and people have just that's right yeah people literally cannot afford it anymore obviously uh there's the global um crisis in the sense where prices are rising across the board um we've had inflation above 10 percent here in uh the uk um i'm not sure I, I haven't looked into details out in malaysia um is it the same out there as well um yeah 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 um they are increasing as well but it's not it's not like it's not too obvious um it, it you, you can see some some stuff like even like a daily groceries and stuff um have increasing price um but it's not like ridiculously bad like the percentage of increase are not uh too high um over here in malaysia yeah. Then uh, just uh, quickly on to our last point in the news roundup then, I guess. Uh, we spoke about a few months ago about this new Super 6 breaking cover. Um, it is now on every World Tour race almost. Uh, Magnus Court um, has used it brilliantly for his two wins in the Tour of Algarve. Um, I got to see the bike in flesh. Absolutely stunning bike, especially in the EF colorway. Uh, I know you, Taj, you're a big fan of Cannondale's. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you take pictures of it? I didn't see any pictures of you. Uh, I did see, not up close. I did get pictures of the car passing with the bikes on top and whatnot. Oh, and right. obviously, uh, Magnus where, where, where was this? Oh, two of Algarve. You, you were yeah, there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, I got to uh, witness it firsthand. And he, he actually mentions, it's, it's rare for them to mention this. Um, at least I, I don't see it too often. Uh, Magnus Court giving uh, praise to his new bike, saying it does feel a lot faster and mm. uh, of course, he's got two wins out of two in uh, the tour, and he's uh, well. He's just indicated the bike um, could be the reason why. Yeah, because I think I think um, this year they're announcing was it Lab Lab seventy one? I think it's called. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is basically well. I think they only announced it uh, on, on their uh, social media. I think a few days ago, but it was supposed to be like obviously Cannondale was concepted around around that year, and uh, this is basically a new tier of bikes right uh, because obviously we had the high mod version of obviously mm -hmm. of Cannondale's that used to be the the premium but it seems like there's one extra tier just above that right where so uh, have they increased the high mod or is it they've got rid of the high mod i think the high mod still exists uh, because according to um, obviously with the with, with all the bikes they have to have pass uh, uci certification right and on that list yeah. there seems to be three three different uh, models of of yeah. super sixes there um so obviously high mod and the standard mod are there but also this one extra tier that seems to be the lab 71 version uh, so it seems like with the lab 71 they they're literally no hold barred um 
manufacturing tolerances it's, uh, materials it's like the black ink yeah probably it's like the black ink but the black ink was still a high mod but you know maybe the colorway was kind of you know slightly changed to reduce weight and that kind of thing but i think there was probably something more to the lab 71 uh, that they probably haven't revealed yet um uh, but i'm sure they will um I think uh, I I watched the trailer one. It looked like uh, not only is the frame, um, you know, uh, made perhaps lighter. Also, all the hardware inside and the little grommets and all of that. They've, yeah, they've, yeah. Uh, I think I think the attention to detail is probably increased on those models. So I think obviously, uh, Cannondale, they they you know they've been one of the originals to actually manufacture most of the components. Uh, you know, at least the accessory wise in terms of handlebars and stems themselves, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so it seems like now that they've taken it up a notch uh, because obviously on my Super Six, the the handlebar and stem used to be like a two piece combo, right? Um, it was yeah. a bit weighty compared to standard uh, standard ones you could probably get. It's right? pretty heavy as well, right? Yeah, They're exactly. Because the stem is yeah. the stem is still made of uh, aluminium and it's quite aluminium, tricky. Yeah, and and obviously the handlebar itself, you know, they've designed it to be very aero and uh, adjustable. Yeah, it used to be a, a two piece combo, but it's a hybrid yeah. combo of of aluminium yeah. and, and carbon. But uh, I haven't had. Yeah, I don't know if you have had a closer look at that that combination up front, uh, Junaid, but it seems like they've they've kind of fine tuned it a bit more so you don't need to get any aftermarket um combos to to make your bike lighter um so it might be these small improvements that they've made uh, that 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 they take take this uh, bike to to another level basically um yeah interesting uh, we've uh, spent like 40 minutes on the, on the news roundup so we should probably uh, get on on the main topic yeah exactly <laughs> and, uh, go into tires so um basically what what we want to cover was uh, a broad broad analysis on tires uh, we've actually got a few questions from our listeners about um different things like uh, what's the best best puncture proof tires and we'll go into all of that uh, because it's not straightforward you can have a bomb proof tire but then you're not going anywhere quickly so it's all about compromise i find with tires but uh, we'll start right at the beginning in terms of the three different types of tires um of course, they are clincher, tubeless, and tubular. Uh, probably we won't go into tubular too much. Uh, that is generally reserved for the pros uh, because if you have a flat, you're pretty much stranded. You need a new uh, new wheel, uh, especially if you're in a race situation. Uh, you're not changing that anytime quickly, not on the roadside. So we'll leave that for the time being. Uh, the most popular, of course, is the clincher tyre. Uh, this is a tyre which requires an inner tube and it's uh, generally how tyres have been used uh, for the last, God knows how long, um, I'm not that old so I don't know but um, there is of course uh, a general shift in the market uh, headed towards tubeless uh, mainly because the mount mountain bike, uh, it was so successful with mountain bike really um, so they are headed that way and uh just a quick overview a tubeless tire is one without an inner tube um the tire seals onto uh the tire uh sorry the wheel and it's filled up with sealant that sealant is uh well the idea of the sealant is that it fixes any punctures uh, up to a certain size so technically you shouldn't have to change uh a roadside puncture However, I'm sure we'll go into uh, many uh, situations and experiences where we've had to do just that. Uh, so just a quick uh, round the table uh, on what we use. So I generally tend to go towards clincher tyres only because I've had 
uh, quite a few uh, unfortunate situations with tubeless tires. Uh, so I won't be going back in a rush. Um, what about you guys, uh, Zainab? What do you use? I I'm similar to you, you know, that I tried um, tubeless. Actually, it was on a gravel bike I had, so slightly wider tires. Um, but I I got a puncture on a ride. I couldn't plug it, um, and I ended up just taking the the tire off and getting the sealant everywhere and whacking in an inner tube. So I've gone back to to clinches because I know I can fix a puncture. I can always replace an inner tube. Um, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We've had. similar in that case I've, I've, what happened with me once is i had uh, a tubeless puncture and what happened was the valve it got stuck it must have Yeah. got something it got stuck in the wheel um it wouldn't remove itself so i couldn't put in a new inner tube and it just meant a call home to be picked up <laughs> that dreaded phone call. Can you come? yeah Can you come yeah and pick me up? I've I've seen it work. I mean, actually, yesterday on on the ride out, um, one of the sisters she runs tubeless and she swears by it. She had a puncture. We went on a slightly off road section, wasn't planned, um, and it did seal. You know, she kept on riding on it. Um, and eventually it sealed. The sealant went everywhere, um, but we didn't have to stop and and replace it. I've just, but she was, she, I think she was running a slightly wider tire. Um, I want to say 28 or 32. It it was wider than what I was running. So that may What were you running? have helped. What are you I running? run, I run a 26, um, Okay, the G, okay. the Continental Four Seasons. I like that tire. Right. I, I find it works. It's not the fastest, but then, I just put it on all, you know, it's four seasons. I don't change the tyre for for summer riding, particularly in London. It's just horrific with potholes and, and stuff on the road. So I thought, and, and she was running, a, she was running a wider tyre. It sat wider on the wheel. Um, so maybe that helped a bit. And she was running at a lower tyre pressure as well. That's another thing. Because um, I have a tendency, I, I will... probably old school I'll pump my tires up until they're rock hard like a 100 psi and that's probably that's probably not great for for punctures um but tubeless she was running around 60 and that was that was quite high of what she was saying so maybe that's that's what I was doing wrong when I had the tubeless set up yeah that sounds about the right 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 level of pressure actually especially if you're a lighter rider um hmm you might be lower right i think um yeah because i've got i've got um the, the zip 303s right and on there it actually says you shouldn't inflate more than 73 psi and that's probably That's for the right. heavier Yeah. rider exactly Wow. You can't run clincher on there, can't you? What was that? You can't run clincher on the zip three or freeze, right? Uh you you can, but it has to be a hookless compatible tires. So that means a tubeless tire with an inner tube. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Beats the yeah. If you if you had if you had to do that, if you had to do that, like um, yeah, whatever, like it doesn't seal or whatever, or you just don't like the idea of running it tubeless, yeah, you can. Uh, as long as it's hookless compatible tires. Understood. So, Taz, you're running Yeah. tubeless. Um, yeah, it, it's a combination, all right? So on my main bike, I do run tubeless, maybe, you know, mainly due to the fact that it's just, it, I mean, it's been reliable for me so far. Um, so, um, you know, uh, I think, you know, when it comes to new tech, I will try and use and try and uh, abuse it to, till it breaks. So, um, so I have been going with tubeless for quite a while. There have been some instances of of punches, but in most cases it has sealed. Um, um, what can I say? So, so basically, 
the only time it doesn't seal is is more of a learning lesson for me um because i've used you know the the way okay maybe maybe to explain how how punches kind of happen is obviously you know you get the hole in your tire and the sealant is supposed to kind of come out and then kind of plug it at some point as you kind of turn the wheel uh, and and supposed to dry up a bit so it kind of forms a bit of a semi permanent um, um plug for your for your tire but it can be the case that you get a you get a puncher that is a bit too large for the sealant to actually cover and that's where you actually need to put a, a an extra plug in it's basically like a rubber strip that goes in that uh, that, that 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 closes the hole uh, and in my case, um, I've used the cheap plugs that that never really worked for me. Um, so this happened, you know, last year uh, once, I think, uh, on one of the rides I went out with the Bobs. Uh, and basically, um, it's like a strip that you plug in with like a needle type, um, um, almost like a screwdriver that you plug in with the hole. And what happens is once you once you um, inflate the tire to a, a decent amount of PSI, let's say 60, 70 PSI, what I found is the pressure sometimes actually pushes the plug back out. So, uh, you, know, you know, it opens the seal again. Uh, so the air starts coming out again. Um, but what I've found is that um, there's a, there's a, there are other companies that make better better plugs. Um, so Dynaplug is one of them, which I've uh, which I've recently bought after having this uh, issue with uh, other cheaper plugs. Uh, and the way it works is it has like a brass tip uh, at the end mm -hmm. that you push in. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and what basically happens is even if you pump the tire up to higher pressure, that brass tip should actually hook on to prevent you know from the pressure from actually ejecting the ejecting the plug again. Yeah. Um. So last 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 time I well I've seen a puncher was uh, when I was out with Glenn uh, and we were doing um uh, one of the Festive Five Hundred rides and he actually had one of those plugs. And he had that puncher. All the all the sealant came out, but after he plugged it, it stayed plugged for the whole ride, and we managed to complete it. Um, so I think very much, you know, the failures that I've had previously could have been uh, mediated with having a, a better plug. Um, so so I think yeah, it's it's uh, like you said, Zainab and and Junaid, it, it is messy. So when it does fail, it's it's a mess. Yeah. Um, you, the the only option is to go back to the old way of replacing the inner tube, and and uh, and I have had cases where, you know, obviously with, with tubeless tires, you have a you have a separate valve, yeah. Uh, so the concept is, if you're not familiar, it's, it's the same as car tires, really, right? Car tires basically are, are tubeless, right? They they sit on the rim, uh, just based on the pressure that you put in, and they have a have a separate valve that sits inside um, that locks in. Um, so basically, if you want to do switch a switch out to a a, a regular uh, butyl tube or whatever, you would actually have to take out that valve and then feed that valve from the tube in, right? And I think that is also a hassle because sometimes that can also get jammed, and if it's cold or uh, rainy, you know, you might have a hard time un unscrewing that valve. Um, oh yeah, so, I've had that experience before. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> so so yeah. because the the sealant is quite sticky as well. So if you haven't changed your sealant in a while, it can it can uh, it can stick everything together inside. Uh, so yeah, so I mean, yeah, those 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 things you you know can be a hassle. So when it does fail, it completely fails catastrophically. Um, but uh, so far, I've been running tubeless uh, relatively reliably. Um, the only thing I would say is um, if you haven't been riding for your bike for a while, so, so you know, over, over the summer, I've been on a holiday and not riding my bike much um, and you do have sealant left in your tires. They tend to dry up uh, as the pressure drops in your tires as well. Right. 
and then uh, it depends on the sealant as well. Uh, some some sealants can be very tricky to uh, remove because they they form like um, these bogies inside your tires, right? And they stick to like the sidewalls and all the. All the stuff. <laughs> it's like a like a slug or something. Yeah, it's like a slug, and then once <laughs> you take time, it out, yeah, yeah you once you it's take like it out, you're like rubberies oh and stuff. Oh. It must add another like hundred grams to your tire, as well, isn't it? It's so <laughs> That's right. It's going to be tricky to wash out and remove. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, maintenance wise it can be a pain. Um, if you're not using it regularly, um, but it can be a lifesaver. Uh, I mean, especially this is more common in like um mountain bikers and and, and cross country um riders, right? Because obviously there's more you're more prone to punches on on off road terrain. So I think that it does have the uses, but obviously on road it can be uh, a lot more problematic with the with the tire pressures that we run and the skinnier tires we run as well. So yeah, um, that's my experience. So, uh, what ceiling do you run, uh, Taj? No, no. What what tires are you running? Oh, so um, yeah, what tires? I've had okay. So I've had bad luck. My original uh, when I originally kind of um, started using uh, tubeless, I uh, I bought a um, a combo from Mavic, right? So you have the Mavic, um, what's it called? Mavic um, Serum Elite UST. So this is where the kind of US, USD is like the, one of the universal standards for tubeless tires where the tire and, uh, and and the rim are kind of mated well together. So they're kind of, uh, you know, um, they're easier to, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, install and remove. Mm -hmm. uh, so so I've used the Mavic, uh, I can't remember what the tires were called, they're called like KY something, something. Um, I know uh, the one. No. Yeah, I think you guys, some of you guys already know the ones. They're a bit cheapy. Um, I've been using them as commuter, commuter tires, um, but those have been okay-ish. They're not the most reliable, but they do seem to seal when they do puncture. Um, but after that, uh, more recently, as as um, as as more and more brands started bringing out tubeless tires, um, I first started off changing onto the Schwabe uh, Pro Ones, which have been very good actually uh, as as tubeless tire. Um, those was those were the one of the first ones I've kind of bought, and then more recently I bought the GP five thousand tubeless. They were the worst tires to put on on any bike uh, because it was so. This one is that that yeah. the TL one, the TL. Oh my god! Yeah, the first Tell gen. Me about TL, it. Yeah, the first oh gen came god. out with the GP five thousand. Oh my god! Yeah, it nightmare. Yeah. I, I can't remember how many uh, tire levers I broke trying to put yeah. them. On, oh yeah. Onto onto the wheels. <laughs> And then, I, and then after that, I thought, you know what? If I can't get them onto the tire, if I do need to fix a puncher in emergency, <laughs> was, I'll never was that a twenty-five? Was it a twenty-five mil? I think it was twenty-five. Yeah, it was. It oh was my god, that's just, the worst. <laughs> it was literally the worst tire I've ever used. I mean, I'm sure you know that the data did prove that it was like the fastest tire. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, and puncher resistance was also pretty decent. But you know, practicality wise, it was the worst tire. Um, but I mean, since then, um, they bought a new tire, right? The GP five thousand S. And these tires are a lot better, a lot better, a lot easier to put on. Um, so now on my on my on my current bikes, I have I have these GP five thousand S's, and so far they've been <coughs> very good as well. Yeah, they were very similar to my experience with uh, Shorebay Pro ones, and I'm I'm pretty sure they're a bit faster as well now uh, in terms of rolling rolling resistance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when we're looking at tires, guys, um, we obviously uh, focus on different seasons. Uh, so. Uh, Zainab, you talked about the mm. GP for four seasons, and that's yeah. generally known as a winter tire, uh, only because it basically saves from uh, punctures, yeah. which is more common in the winter. Um, I don't necessarily uh, know the science behind it, but if your tire is wet, or the roads are wet rather, you tend to get more punctures. There's normally more debris around. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you probably want to have 
as as you have uh, a more puncture proof tire um are there any others that people use during the winter uh so i like the vittoria zafiros uh the v vittoria rubinos as well rubinos are probably a bit quicker and lighter than the zafiros but i find the zafiros are properly bomb proof and uh you can get like three four thousand miles in them before they need changing out uh but they're not the the tires you probably want in the summer for a quick uh chain gang or something uh so i use those for commuting i also use lifeline i don't know if you get wiggle do you have wiggle out in malaysia but um they have their own brand. uh no nah, no nah, not many people but um uh, i know wiggle when i was in australia everyone buys it from them yeah yeah so huge in the uk and uh they have the lifeline armored tire which again I've got two, three thousand uh, miles out of them commuting in London. Uh, great tires for commuting. I wouldn't again. I wouldn't use them for a quick winter uh, summer's ride. Uh, so yeah, these are tires you want uh, with good puncture protection. Another one again I use is Specialized. Uh, I think it was the Armadillos. Again, a very heavy tire. Uh, probably has um, what's it called? A Kevlar. Uh, lining to protect from punctures but yeah uh, they're not great in terms of ride quality and all of the tires i've mentioned as well not great for ride quality uh yeah. very slippy and sketchy when it's wet a little bit probably want to go wider as well in winter um but yeah these tires won't get you a puncture not regularly anyway um they can't save you have, have you used one of those the schwalbe marathon oh mate they're the worst <laughs> oh my god oh yeah i put those on I, it feels like i had a headwind the whole ride <laughs> yeah yeah so again there's like we were going very to, heavy we were going to mention uh rolling resistance and uh like weight considerations like mm. a, a good uh <laughs> i probably weighs what 200 250 yeah. grams probably 300 grams if we're talking tubeless and i'm talking 25 mil 28 mil um, all the tires we mentioned, like the Zaveros, the Marathons, oh my god, they probably weigh what 500 grams. You can't, you, yeah, those Marathons, you can't even fold it, it comes, it comes round, yeah, <laughs> you got like to hang tires it, bonded together, <laughs> isn't it, or something, yeah, you can't, you can't yeah, fold sure. it. I'm like, uh, what do we do with these tires? <laughs> yeah, so your when, neck. You're, <laughs> when, you're yeah, exactly. when you're commuting, <laughs> when you're uh, thinking about winter riding. Uh, the last thing you want is a puncture, of course, and waiting on the side. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so these tires, yeah. you know, we've mentioned them. They do have their purpose and time. Um, mm. but yeah, uh, more so in winter. In summer, guys, uh, what are we running? I run pretty uh, much same. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. I, I, it's, it's a bit like my car tires. I don't change every winter either. <laughs> But right. if you, I thought everyone changed their tyres. No, if if you look at it, and, and I get um, there's there's a strong debate around rolling resistance and weight, and actually how that um, translates to your speed on because it's, it's ultimately the speed on the road on the road, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you look at the Conti Four Seasons, I know they are a winter tyre. You know, they're meant to be a Four Seasons tyre. They weigh about three the twenty eight mils, about three hundred and eighty grams. Compare mm. that to Conti. Uh, gp5000 and they're 280 grams so it's 100 grams per wheel more yeah. in terms of weight saving and this is sound this is really old school you're better off you know it, it's saving the weight for, on the rider's body than trying to skim it on 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 the tires 
Uh, Berlin resistance may be slightly different because it's a, it's a. Well, if 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 you're skinny like Janet, whereas you're gonna get shave off two hundred grams. <laughs> got nothing left to save in it. <laughs> your glasses, take off your your, yeah. your fancy cyclic glasses, or That's wear right. longer aero socks. <laughs> Isabel, I'm I'm sure you're in uh, you're in my boat here, whereby you just feel the difference. You put on a nice uh, tire, uh, yeah. You just feel that smoothness, and you just feel that more zippy. But Junaid, you have to be riding like decent roads. I mean, in, in all honesty, let's the, for the guys that live around um, Essex End, when you're bombing it down Epinu Road, I don't want a summer tire on because you feel every single bump in that oh, road. You, that you road want that bit worst. of protection. Yeah. I don't know, like a, a hard winter's tire. Like, if anything, you feel more um, in terms of like uh, buzz from the road. When you have a nice summer, yeah. tire, it soaks up a bit more. I feel no. I think it is. You no, know, it's true. I think, but it's also down to the tire pressure you're running, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. yeah. yeah. Well, that's true to some extent. Uh, but yeah, but like, uh, like the the, the tread per inches, it does really, it does really count in terms of how how nice the yeah, the yeah, yeah. the ride the ride quality. I guess the the common word is su the suppleness of the tires. Mm. Like for example, like um the new the, Victoria. What was that? The challenge tires or Victoria Corsa with the sidewall. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like the the, the, the Corsa next. Uh, the new. Victoria Corsa Necks are not on cotton casing, so they're like 170 TPI or whatever. I can't remember. Um, they don't ride as nice, I mean, as supple as the old Victorias, which are like 320 TPIs or whatever. Uh, that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean they're higher TPI, I mean, faster, but it's just like it's it's it rolls a lot nicer. Mm. Like, I've I've used like a like those challenge tires, so like oh, 300 they're beautiful. and oh, 300 something TPI, or oh, they're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. They're like right? like even their 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 Strada like even their like a uh, cheaper I guess cheaper tires their Strada or whatever mm. I can't remember. Yeah, they do ride a, a little bit nicer. Um, the the tread per inch does does make a bit a bit of a difference. Well, like I I don't have winter here, right? So I'm always on fast tires anyway. So it's always summer so, in Malaysia. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So the the thing that we, we make a joke, right? Like, oh, if you buy the four season tires, it lasts you forever because there's only two seasons in Malaysia. <laughs> it's, it's either rainy season or it's a sunny season. <laughs> so that's the other you thing you need is yeah. Is, is when do you swap out the tires in 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 the in the UK season? When when you've got the two weeks of summer in August and you're gonna whip off your tire? <laughs> as soon as it hits double digits, which is which will be very soon. <laughs> no, looking at the GP five thousand, for example, that is that is a tire you can technically use in winter. I probably wouldn't mm. recommend it, but um, that's a very very good tire. And we touched on rolling resistance earlier. If you look at its uh, data for rolling resistance, you're saving. Yeah, it's probably one of the quickest tires out there. Of course, there are faster tires, but then you're going to get a puncture every other day, especially in the UK. Mm. Right? Uh, but the yeah. GP five thousand is probably the best current all-round tyre, um, and you definitely feel the uh, lower rolling. The speed, yeah, yeah, 100%. Definitely. When you compare it to, say, the armadillos we've been talking about, there's a fair old <laughs> oh, uh, That's the best tyre, isn't it? Training yeah, tyres. I, I think so. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to yeah, go I'm, swap I'm, my tyre out, Junaid. <laughs> yeah, no, and uh, we'll, we'll actually, it's I, a good segue. I'll do a segment. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. You, you definitely feel it. And uh, we'll talk inner tubes for a second. Um, I know, Izzet, you, you like to bang on about this. Um, and I quietly, 
I quietly <laughs> do it myself, uh, which is like, you know, the latex inner tubes. You're talking three, yep. four, five watts. Again, it's uh, per tire. So yeah, if you look at bicycle rolling resistant, it's actually about 5.5 watts per, per tire. It's, it's probably insane. the cheapest upgrade uh, bang for what uh, upgrade you can have, which is uh, the latex inner tube. It does have its downside, which is you've got to pump it up every ride. Um, mm. In terms of what is eight, nine, ten quid probably, and a uh, normal inner tube is what three, four quid. So it's it's double or triple the price. But in terms of just the quids, like what six, seven pound, and again, it's something you feel instantly. It's it's a change you can feel, right? Um, I don't know if you can feel it, is it? But I can certainly. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's like it's 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 ten watt saving. Like it's insane. Like you really felt that the the rides are a little bit more supple than the. Than the normal butyl tubes, um, uh, it feels a lot. It feels faster. Um, uh, but then again, like feels right. Like it's it's a little bit like it depends if you're like a, are you a micro absorber or like a macro like you know some people just don't feel anything mm. at all. Um, like I've I've come to notice like when I've started doing reviews and everything. Like I try to notice the littlest things um so yeah like 10 watts is like huge even you like running a ceramic speed ospw you notice it the two watts uh that you've you saved um now that you put on like 10 watts on front and rear obviously you only save 10 watts with an ospw how much are you going to spend right but then you spend on on uh how many how many pounds how many quid on uh on uh latex in it keeps front and rear it saves you like five times the watts of yeah. an OSBW. <laughs> yeah. I think the rolling the other thing with rolling resistance in general is that it there is a base level of rolling resistance that will apply doesn't matter what speed you ride at, right? So unlike aero watts where you, you know you're wasting more energy yeah. as you get faster, etc. It requires more energy. Because it's linear. Like rolling resistance yeah, the relationship it, it's is linear. linear. It, it goes up slightly with speed, but obviously it's, it, you know there is a base level. So if you're saving 10 watts like you're saying or, or over both wheels that will be literally 10 watts from one kilometers per hour yeah that's right yeah and so but the, the 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 latex um inner tubes they're slightly so i run tubulitos just because they're easy to store and yeah. they're lighter yeah that's right yeah with the latex i mean does that you know now you're getting into like the the the, the micro if you're carrying oh. a, a heavier latex inner tube, does that outweigh the, the benefits? Um, well, like if you... No, if what you, you should do is run the latex and yeah, carry uh-huh. the uh, tube Okay, uh, Yes, okay. Yeah, that's what I do. That's so right. What is the yeah. great difference anyway between the two? TPU versus uh, uh, latex. Latex is what, 25 grams? And the latex is about yeah. 60 grams, I think. Yeah, latex, yeah. Uh, latex, yeah. Uh, probably like, uh, I can't remember. What's, what's the weight of a normal butyl tubes? About 100. 120 yeah probably like a 80 something 70 70 something grams on a, a latex inner tubes and then the, one of those tubal is like what? about 22 22 grams that's right that's 60 grams yeah. there that's right yeah but so now, now... The, the, sorry is that... the, the no no the, the tubal liter the good thing about it obviously is the weight um yeah uh the weight and the storage space you were talking about zainab Mm. And then the the air retention is just very good on those um, tubulitos compared to normal buta tubes and let alone latex inner tubes. Like it really holds air for a very long time. Yeah. Mm. So then, so then now I'm wondering: is TPU or tubulito tubes now the way forward for people that want to run tubes? 
yes, um, from I guess so. Um, but if you are into I guess performance side of things, uh, latex in your tube still there because it's 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 still a faster, more efficient uh, material over a, a, a TPU. Um, but then again, like all tire manufacturer big ones are not looking at. I don't know, uh, on clincher tires anymore. Mm. <laughs> yeah, all the all the money's out into tubeless. In like tubeless you, you now, are, isn't it? That's right. All all in tubeless, like Schwabi. Uh, yeah, you can send an email to Schwabi or Victoria or Continental, like all these big, big brands. Yeah, they just, all the money's on tubeless. Specialized, yeah, all their money's on tubeless tires these days. Yeah. Your tubelitos are also like 10 times more expensive than an energy. Oh, my. 100%. There is that. cheaper ones of AliExpress now. Oh, can you? I've not heard anyone complain about them yet or know that many people that use them. Uh, I'm sure, I, was that the, sure that possible. pink one? Is it the right now or something? Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it's pink and there's like a green version as well. <laughs> Just the unbranded. Right, yeah. <laughs> Unbranded. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, at the end of the day, it's just TPU. Right? I'm sure it's it's a it's a you know it should be a high volume, low cost product, right, to manufacture. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, and considering how much little space it takes up, it's it's like a no brainer mm. in most cases. And from what I've heard, yeah. it's, you know, it's supposed to be more puncture resistance than uh, than latex and obviously Utah tubes. I've not, I've not felt a difference. Like I still get as many punctures as I do on my new normal ones. Uh, as I do on my tubulitos. Um but it's easy to patch, super yeah. easy to patch. Uh, yeah, that's, that's probably a yeah. I've I've patched one or two, but I've never I've never had a. To be honest, I, I don't run them as a regular, but uh, I've never yeah. the when I have run it in an emergency, I have punched in them as well. So, <laughs> so, uh, so you know, yeah. you know what they sell you the 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 tubes, and then they make money off the patch. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> clever. Yeah, you're not gonna be throwing away uh, 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 are you? Like, like you do. That's with, right. Like, it's dogs. expensive. You, you paid like 20, 30 quid for these. You're gonna be patching it up until all of it's like patched. <laughs> That's right. I've got a colleague that actually, literally, like I guess, like fifty percent of the tubes are covered in patch. He's just not wow. gonna buy a new one. It's so <laughs> expensive. I'm, I'm just gonna buy the patch. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> like what the hell? Yeah, that's how they get you now, isn't it? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> As I'm conscious, uh, there's so much more to speak about. We've there's uh, all sorts, all sorts. Um, but we've gone on for more than an hour, and um, I imagine listeners are probably going to get bored. Uh, we can probably wrap up in another episode. Uh, thanks again for coming on. Um, we will be on again in a month or so, inshallah. Uh, Guys, if you are listening, you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to like, subscribe, all that jazz. Uh, leave a comment or get in touch. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Right. Assalamu alaikum.